Hello, this is Roy's Rocket Radio, episode 62, recorded on Boxing Day the 26th of December 2014, and the time at the start of the recording is 17.01. Now, the reason I know this without referring to a watch or my telephone is I've figured out how to uh, make the clock show all the time on my uh, little digital recorder here. I'd set the clock ages ago, but I hadn't figured out how to display the time. Or maybe I'd forgotten, because I prefer seeing the length of recording. Uh, But then when you think about it, seeing the length of recording is almost useless, because it's something you can see when you export it to your computer. And also, because the built-in memory has got about six hours of recording anyway, and I don't think I'd... I'd ever use this up in one podcast. Anyway, from that very boring beginning, um, I should welcome you to episode 62 and say Merry Boxing Day! Yeah! From Roy's Rocket Radio. We're going to do the podcast back to front this week, uh, mainly because I've got a few Christmassy tech tips that I want to impart to you at the beginning, and then I'll give you an update on my game. Uh, this is on the premise that my Christmassy techie tips might be more boring than I thought, and it's better to <laughs> end on a high note. Okay, there are kind of a couple of things I wanted to mention. They're, they're sort of seasonal. One uh, stems from my problem trying to defrost my Christmas chicken. Uh, any kind of poultry. Uh, I think I may have made a mistake buying a frozen uh, bird in the first place uh, when the uh, refrigerated ones last quite as long and uh, quite long and of course don't need defrosting but if you do have a frozen uh, bird it will have the instructions on how long you need to defrost it uh, on uh, on the plastic wrapping uh, the, the one thing you want to remember, and it will probably say this on the wrapping, is always do it in, in the fridge, uh, because apparently b- bacteria can build up in in your in, in poultry especially and eventually kill you. Uh, it's funny that I, I don't remember uh, using any of these precautions growing up, but well, better be safe than sorry, I suppose. Uh, the next thing is uh, now. Those instructions on the covering, uh, well, apparently they're not right. I, I tried it myself, and it took a good, uh, almost a third longer than the instructions uh, on on the wrapping of my chicken said to defrost the thing. Uh, so that's the one thing. It's going to take you longer than you think, uh, and that also goes for making Christmas dinner. Uh, I almost completely mucked up the timing and had to serve my food in the middle of Doctor Who. So I did miss uh, a few minutes, but hopefully not uh, crucial minutes in yesterday's Christmas Doctor Who, which incidentally I talk about very briefly in yesterday's podcast, which is only six minutes long. (laughs) But but at least I managed to uh, crank out a Christmas podcast. Okay, the the next thing is, uh, what is the correct British temperature anyway? 
a few months ago, I, I and this is a danger of looking stuff on the internet, I found a site that recommended 2 degrees C. They said anything else and it's almost certain death. Uh, so I did that. And over the next few months, uh, a thick layer of ice built up at the back of the fridge. And I thought there was something wrong with the fridge. Uh, but then, a few days ago, I decided to look this up again, and I looked at, uh, at more reputable websites rather than website forums. Various governments, like the, the UK government health site, and I think the US one. And they both recommended uh, 4 to 5 degrees C, which is considerably higher than I, uh, my 2 degrees C. So I did this, uh, changed the temperature to 4 to 5 degrees C, uh, well, actually, on my fridge, it's five. Uh, and if you don't know what this is in Fahrenheit, this is... So, four to five degrees C is 39.2 to 41 Fahrenheit. So, anywhere between there is okay. Uh, and you won't build up frost at the back of your fridge, hopefully. And the other thing is, if it's around that temperature, the food won't spoil, and it won't also get frostburn. Okay, that's it for the... <laughs> that's it for the kitchen type Delia Smith tips. Okay, next. Desktop audio players. Uh, given that it's Christmas, uh, it's one of the few times that I uh, put together a playlist, uh, what I like to call a mixtape, because I'm a bit more grown up, maybe. Um, well, that's one way of saying it. Uh, so I put together my Christmas mixtape, tape, which is now, of course, digital and just made up of audio files. And then I've got a few options on how to play them. Now, I've used a program called FUBAR2000 for a very, very long time. Uh, shortly after the first iTunes came out, I started using FUBAR when I realised how horrendous iTunes w was as a player, how slow and clunky. Now, the good thing about FUBAR2000, which is a Windows-only program, but apparently will work with Vine, uh, sorry, Wine on Linux... Uh, and there's also Wine Bottler or something like that for Mac OS. Uh, now, the problem with FUBAR 2000, well, first I'll start off with the good things. It's fast, it's lightweight, it plays a lot of formats. Now, I'll tell you what's wrong with it. Well, the interface uh, is getting old. It looks okay, but I think it's a bit dated. Uh, I mean, it's, it, it does what it's supposed to do, but I think it could look a bit nicer. Uh, like I said, it is for Windows only. The other thing is, there is a plugin if you listen to lots of podcasts called the Podcatcher plugin. Uh, and it's horrible. It doesn't seem to work correctly. It just gives me a bit of a headache using. So that's one thing you can use. It is still better, in my opinion, than iTunes, though. And the other thing is, it can play lossless FLAC files. So if you have a large collection of FLAC files, you don't have to convert them into another format to play them through iTunes. Now, that's one that I use, but the one I'm using more and more often is VLC. And I've used this, in fact, I've used this longer than I've used FUBAR 2000. But as a general audio player, this is an and media player. So VLC is known on the internet as the Swiss Army of media players. Uh, 
it can require a bit of configuring for certain things. For most things you can just use it as it is, uh, but when you start to use it more and more you'll end up playing around with more settings and, and tweaking things and there is a bit of a learning curve for that but it's worth learning much in the same way as it's worth learning Vim uh, or Emacs if you're a programmer. The good thing about VLC, unlike FUBAR which only works on Windows, is VLC works on everything. Uh, it even works on Android, uh, mostly. Uh, I think it also works on iOS, so uh, you know, there's if you need to play something and it's an uh, odd format, v VLC is the thing to use. The podcast, it has a podcast function which is basically just the built-in RSS reader but it does the job and it does it really simply uh, which is good and one thing I particularly like about VLC it can, I think from a few revisions ago it can now play uh, if you put in uh, what is it, a YouTube uh, URL uh, it will play it and it will and you can put a YouTube URL clip uh, clip, uh, sorry, um, the URL for the YouTube clip right into your playlist, uh, which means that you can play a lot more things that you uh, uh, that you probably don't have in your collection. Or say, if you're a you, uh, a radio DJ and you, well, if you're a radio DJ, uh, first of all, the the licensing uh, that your station have will probably cover you, so not to worry. But the point is, if you're a DJ and you want to play something and it's not in your giant uh, database, uh, this is the way to do it. Right, so VLC and FUBAR2000, both great media players, but my money really is on VLC. Uh, so that's something that you can play your Christmas tunes on. Uh, or movies, or movies too. So that's okay. Well, that's it for the tech tips this Boxing Day, and I'll get on and give you an update of the game that I'm writing. So, if you're following the podcast, uh, you'll know that I've been writing uh, a IF game, an interactive fiction game, that's a bit like those old CYOA uh, books, uh, CYOA, Choose Your Own Adventure books. The difference is, in my game, there are no dice, uh, no things like uh, common to RPG games like inventory, uh, combat systems, uh, ways of levelling up. I did think about doing all this, but then I realised what I really wanted to do was tell uh, a story. Uh, and I, 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 I think at the moment I prefer that purer uh, form of just telling a story. So yesterday I tweeted my uh, Twine schema. Oh, by the way, Twine is the tool that I'm using to create the game. 
it, if you remember back to uh, program, if you're a developer and you know access with that uh, kind of uh, table diagram with relationships and things, that's a lot like the uh, schema view that you have in Twine. Anyway, I've put my uh, schema together. It's got all the links there. Uh, and I, I did that yesterday. There were a few uh, unlinked boxes uh, but now everything's linked up, and the story appears to be uh, coherent. I, the, the tool uh, checked it out itself, verified all the links work, uh, but I still do have to playtest it. I was going to do some more work yesterday, but, you know, I opened it up yesterday on Christmas Day, and I was tired from cooking, from... <sighs> doing a lot of things on that day and I, I just looked at it and I thought oh no you know all I want to do is sit down I, I'm not going to do any work so I didn't and it's just as well because by the end of the night I was too befuddled with dinner and pear cider and yule log and Christmas pudding and double cream to, to really do anything else but uh, uh, in fact, it's a miracle that I even did the podcast yesterday, although it was only six minutes, so I'm guessing, you know, I didn't do much of a podcast. But today, uh, I decided to uh, dig back into it and have another go, and I think it's done. Yesterday there were 47 passages, uh, sorry, 50 passages, and, and around 3,000 words. Today there are... 47 passages, because it turned out that a couple of them were orphans and, and not really necessary, but it now has 4,175 words, with three playable characters, uh, lots of possibilities to die, uh, and even an alternative, uh, alternate timeline. Well, you'll see what I mean if you play it. I do need to thoroughly playtest it before putting it out, and since the team consists of me, yeah, that's it, that's the whole team, even when I do debug everything, I'll still consider it a beta game and release it for free with no nags or anything. I would like some feedback in return, um, or bug reports. Uh, good, bad, whatever, ever. Um, I don't mind hearing. I also want to know if you want more. And I've kind of geared the game that way to hopefully make you want more. Uh, I think I'm going to re release it on New Year's Day. And appropriately enough, given that it's a, a fairly grim and nightmarish sword and sorcery story, I'm going to try, and quite dramatically really, uh, release the game at the stroke of midnight on New Year's Eve. And just one final thing. The reason I kind of emphasise 4,175 words is that it's more than, than I was... Um, than I really wanted to do. I know that uh, I've heard that games, uh, more elaborate games and much bigger games like 80 Days from Inkle has half a million words, which is slightly more than mine, but but I'm writing books as well, So I and I didn't want to turn this into uh, a novel, 
um, which is a danger when you're writing these things and you are a writer, not a game, not really a games designer. You tend to write a bit too much, and I was really conscious of doing that. So hopefully, I haven't overdone it. Uh, and for, I should say that I write chapters of about 2,000 words long, and I write sh and my short stories are also around 2,000 words long. So this was supposed to be the game equivalent of a short story. But as you can see, it's, you know, it's slightly more than that. Now, the reason I paused is I noticed something really silly about my recorder. Although it tells me the beginning time of my recording, while it's recording it freezes to that time. So you can't really announce what the end time for your recording is. So that's not good. So anyway, I had to rush away to get my phone again. <laughs> oh dear. Okay, I don't think I've got anything else to add, other than I will put a link, I'll, I'll tweet a link to the game, I'll put a blog post uh, with a link to the game, and I'll also blog about the game and mention it in another podcast uh, soon, so you all know where to find it. By the way, if you're not used to Twine, what Twine does is it gives you a development a very simple development environment to create the game and then it gives you the opportunity to output the entire game to one html file of course if you've used images you'll have to uh, bundle the images with the uh, file somewhere to a server uh, but the point is it's a simple html file 5 file so anyone that has a browser that's capable of browsing HTML5 will be able to play my game. I've also tweaked the CSS to make it more readable on mobile devices. So that's it for now. Enjoy the rest of your Boxing Day. Thanks for listening. If you have any questions about the game, about anything really, or you just want to say Merry Christmas... Uh, you know where to find me. So that's at RoyMatur, R-O-Y-M-A-T-H-U-R dot com. Uh, and there you'll find multiple ways of contacting me. Okay, so it's now 21 minutes past five. And this was Roy's Rocket Radio, episode 62, recorded on... Boxing Day, the 26th of December, 2014. Thanks for listening. Bye!